Good morning, everyone. Um, if this is your first time here, um, you got the understudy of the understudy. <laughs> um, yesterday, I got a text from um, from Ponzo, and he said, uh, "Pastor's not feeling well. Uh, you may have to preach." And there was a part of me that just think, just was just thinking, you know, he's just being mean to you. He's just trying to. Um, that's, and then uh, I didn't get a phone call from pastor, so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm in the clear. I'm gonna, he's, he's feeling well. And then he calls me, um, and he, he did not sound very well, and I hope he gets, hope he gets better soon. Uh, so um, I looked in my archives, in my, in my computer, and it turns out my, the sermon I had, that I already had, that I completed for a class that pastor had, uh, was erased, and I had the fir- I had the first or second draft of it, and I had to sit there and do it all again from what I well, from what God uh, gave me uh, in a few hours. So please be be nice if uh, if I don't make a lot of eye contact. I'm trying to. Uh, <laughs> this is fresh. <laughs> all right, okay, well, let's pray. Father, Lord, thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for giving me the privilege, Lord, to share the word with, with my uh, brethren, Lord, and, and share the word with those that are here that don't know you, God. And I pray, God, that you reveal your truth to the, those that don't know you, that the words that I say, despite how I say them, that the truth penetrates the stony heart, Lord, and turns into a heart of flesh. I know that you could do this, Lord, because... You are sovereign. You're sovereign over all things. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you are sovereign and that you are God. And as we read your word, Lord, uh, we pray, Lord, that uh, we are changed by it. In the name of Christ, we pray and we thank you, God. Amen. All right. Today's uh, sermon is is, is very important to me. I was hoping that this would be my first sermon, not under these circumstances, but that this, this would be my first sermon because... It is one of those scriptures that I go to at all, in, all, every, uh, in all occasions of my life, whether it's something tragic or something joyful. This is a scripture that, that means a lot to me. And um, uh, this is where God has put me to share this word with you, and I'm, I'm glad. Um, everybody here knows the name Titanic. If I say Titanic, everybody right away knows what I'm talking about. Um, even before the 90s movie, you know, Titanic was a household name. I remember uh, seeing an older, it was an older movie where, you know, they, the, before the famous uh, James Cameron uh, remake, where we, you know, I remember as a kid seeing this story about, about the ship that, that, that sank. And I remember um, when I was a young kid that somebody had said that it was unsinkable. And crazier than that, uh, that not even God himself can sink this ship. And if you remember, James Cameron actually put that in, in, in his uh, movie. Uh, it was said first that it was a, it, that was a quote from an old engineering journal. Uh, then it was said also that uh, some lady, Sylvia Caldwell, asked her husband, is it true that this ship is unsinkable? And that was his reply. That not even God himself can sink this ship. 
Then it was said also that the captain of the Titanic had said those words. Whoever it said, whether it was said or not, because maybe it was something was made up later on. The fact that we can actually believe a story like that is true, that this is how people think. That not, God, not even God himself can sink a bunch of metal floating on... It seems silly, but that's how we think, and, and that's why we have to go to God's word. And that's what we're going to do today. Um, we're going to go to God's word and see who is God. Who is God? And why is saying something like this so, so ridiculous? And by the way, the reason why we know the Titanic today was not because it was such a successful ship. and, and, and uh, it, wasn't, it was a groundbreaking ship when it came to, came to luxury and all that. But the reason why we talk about Titanic 100 plus years later is because it sank. And it's, tragically, it sank on its maiden voyage. So... That was those were those were words that would was, would uh, whoever said it would soon regret. Well, the title of today's message is "Unless the Lord Builds the House," and today we'll be in the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm chapter one twenty seven, verses one and two. Uh, before we go there, let's have a little little context. Um, this is a song of ascents of Solomon, a song of ascents is, um, if you're not familiar with that category, is a special group of psalms, from Psalms 120 to 134. And these are, some of them are attributed to David, some of them are uh, are anonymous, and some of them were were attributed to uh, Solomon. And uh, these songs of ascents, because, it's a song of ascents, because Jerusalem is is a city on a hill. And as the Jewish people would go to Jerusalem to celebrate one of their festivals, they would sing these praises. They would sing these songs as they would see the city far off on the hill. They would chant these songs, these songs of, of, of praise. And this reminds me of like when you park your car in the parking lot of City Field and, and you, uh, you have to walk a, a mile. And you start, you know, you're, 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 you, as you get closer, you, you start chanting. You see the stadium and you see the, the entrance and you start, you know, the, the let's go Mets chants. Um, I, I wrote this in June. <laughs> this is not. This is not the story anymore. <laughs> um, the Israelites would sing songs like these, like Psalms one twenty one, when he says, "I lift my eyes up to the hill. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth." This is a praise. They're praising God. Uh, Psalms one twenty two. I, I was glad when they said to me, "Let us go to the house of the Lord." Uh, Psalms 123, I lift my eyes, I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. These are praises. These are just some of the opening lines of some of these psalms. The purpose was to remind them who God is and, 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 and what God has done for them and to praise Him for His goodness. Psalms 127, our psalm today, um, was written by Solomon. Uh, because he was a builder of the temple, he built the temple. If you were, if you were here tomorrow, uh, next week, excuse me, for for uh, the the Sunday school, you you might. I think we cover this in that next week. But uh, Rick started this morning talking about um, how David was um, wanted, wanted to build the temple, 
uh, it was thought that it would be, it, it, it could be written by David or, or to Solomon, or this was penned by Solomon because they, 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 were, they were the ones that were responsible to have the privilege and, of erecting the temple. And in, Psalms, uh, in 2 Samuel 7, the prophet Nathan tells David uh, that he will not be the builder of the temple, uh, but his offspring, will, his offspring will. In verses uh, 12 and 13, I want to read this because I, when I read this right away, the, the thought of, um, well, I'm not going to, I'll read it and you tell me who, who you think of. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down, this is uh, 2 Samuel verses, uh, chapter 7, verses 12 and 13. When you, and when you, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body. I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. This verse is about Solomon, but ultimately we know who God was talking about here. Um, the offspring of David, that would, whose kingdom would be everlasting, and who is now enthroned and sitting at the right hand of God, Jesus. This is this is who we were talking about. And then, and then David tells this to Solomon in First Chronicles twenty-two. David tells Solomon, uh, "My son, I had a, I had it in my heart to build a house for the Lord, my God, but the word of the Lord came to me saying." You have shed much blood and have waged great wars. You shall not build a house from, to my name because you have shed so much blood before me on, on the earth. Behold, behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. I will give him rest for all his surrounding, from all his surrounding enemies for his name shall be Solomon and I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name. He, uh, he shall be my son, and I will be his father. I will establish his royal throne in Israel forever. So this is why Solomon wrote this, this psalm. And now let's read the psalm. Uh, we are on page uh, 518, if you're on your pew Bibles. This is Psalm 127 again, verses 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house... A song of ascents of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved sleep. First, we have a picture here of a builder. Building the most elemental of, of the structures, a house. If you were dropped in the middle of a, of a, anywhere, the wilderness, whatever, the first thing you want to do is build yourself a house, build yourself a shelter. So this is, a, this is the most elemental of all the structures. And, and, it's, and it's saying, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. We're going to talk about that, but how, how, how different is that? than from what the world hears today. How different is that than what, what we hear so often people say? Everything that you hear, if you listen to any daytime TV show, any Dr. Phil or anything like that, all you hear is how you're able to do anything if you put your mind to it. 
how, you know, the way that we like to think is that I, I'm my own boss. Autonomy, that's, 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 that's a big word, that's a, the word of the, the decade. Uh, no one tells me what to do. You know, I, I build this with my own two hands. I, I put myself up by my bootstraps. I, I don't answer to no one. Right? Those, those are, those, that's the attitude that we, we hear from the world. That, you know, if you put your mind to it, if you, do, you can do all things if you just put your mind to it because you are, well, there is no God, you're God. Sadly, I've been to I've been to funerals, where and, and retirement parties where people sing Frank Sinatra. I did it my way, and this is celebrated. These are things that the world celebrates. This psalm this psalm stresses the opposite. Solomon, despite his vast wealth, he's a king. He's a king during a really good time in Israel, and the power he is humble enough to to recognize God. Not recognize God merely as, as an observer, or as a bystander. We're not, not a, he's not a deist. He's not thinking, okay, God made everything, and then he's, he's just watching us. He's not, merely, he's not helping you, as a lot of Christians out there are, think that, you know, oh, I'm doing this, you know, I, I, I'm, and God is just, you know, he's just walking, me, walking along with me. Um, he's, not, yeah, he's, not, he's not holding our hands. Uh, that's not the picture we have here. That's not the language used. The word unless is a, is, a, is a conditional word. It's similar to the word if not. If not the Lord builds a house, it doesn't get done. Matthew Henry puts it, except the Lord builds a house, it is of, to no purpose for men to build. He continues, if God be not acknowledged, we have no reason to expect his blessings, and without his his blessings, we have nothing. Beyond everything we try, God must be providing everything for us to do it. He provides the strength, He provides the wisdom, the means, everything. So when we think that we are getting anything accomplished, oh, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God. God is giving you the strength to do whatever it is you're accomplishing. But sadly, that will, all of that will be burnt up on the last day. That's why, John, by the way, that's why we have this picture in John 15, by the way, that we can do nothing, we can do nothing apart from God. It's because in John 15, we, we we're told, Jesus says um, that we are, we are the branches. He's divine. Okay, he's divine. And apart, apart from him, we can do nothing. If you cut the, if you cut the, 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 the branch off the vine, it just dies. For every house, in Hebrews 3, for every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. It is God who builds it. And by the way, this goes for anything. It's not just a house, this is anything that you endeavor in, in, in life. A family. If you, read, if you keep going down reading the Psalm 127, that that's what it's about. It's God who is sovereign over those things. It could be, again, it could be anything that we endeavor to do. Going to the gym. Losing weight. Okay? Getting up in the morning to go to work. It is God who is sovereign over those things. Because if God wants it, one day you try to get out of bed and you can't. 
And if you, we, when we get older, you, you, you have those days. And, and, and that's what we have to acknowledge, that it is God who allows all this to happen. It is God who builds the house. In Deuteronomy A, beware lest you say in your heart, my, my power and the might of my hands have gotten me this wealth. You shall, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. God is a maker and giver of everything. Don't forget, the author of this psalm was, was, was a king. Whether it came from David, and was and David said it to Solomon, or Solomon wrote it from, from what he remembered his dad saying, whatever it was. Uh, these, were, these were kings of, of a wealthy nation. Men who, despite their earthly might and strength, knew God, and because they knew God, they rightfully feared him. And they never said, this is, all, this is all me. Remember that David wanted to build a temple, but he did not have God's permission, and he didn't. He actually backed off and said, this is, this is not mine, because the Lord is not blessing it. I will not build a temple. He could have, he was a, he was a, and they would have fallen. David and Solomon were kings who a great time, prosperity and power for the nation of Israel, and yet, look at the first line, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. Solomon has the wisdom to give God the glory for everything. The second part of this verse is still in verse 1. The second part of this verse repeats almost the same point. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. In Psalms 121, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God is the best watchman. He doesn't fall asleep. He doesn't turn his back. A couple of weeks ago, on the way to church, one of my kids said, how is God watching me here? What, What about other people? God watches everyone. At all times, at all things, but he is—he's he, not only the best—the best watchman. He, he's the only watchman. It doesn't matter if you have the best alarm systems. It doesn't matter if you have the best locks in your house. It doesn't matter if you have guns in every room of your house. If you have fences that are a little taller than the, the county may even allow you to have, uh, if you have cameras everywhere, safes, if you have personal bodyguards, unless the Lord is watching. It is all for nothing. The watchman sees up in vain. So we try to protect our kids, our homes, our material possessions, our jobs, our name, our reputation. It, it is God who watches those things. We give them to God. He watches. Does that mean that we don't lock our doors? No, He gives us wisdom. He gives us wisdom to do those things that we, but don't think that the best lock on your house is going to keep that intruder out. It is God who watches. And the same thing for your heart. It is God who watches your heart. Give it to God to protect first. Acknowledge his ownership of, over everything in your life. By the way, we, we, we're just borrowing this. Everything is God's anyway. So whatever we have that you're afraid to lose, whatever it is that you're watching over your kids, it's all God's anyway. 
So behold, Deuteronomy 10, behold, to the Lord your God belong the heavens and the, the, the heavens and the heavens of the heavens, the earth with all that is in it. It is all the Lord's. He will watch his stuff. And if you lose it, if it's taken, he allowed it to be. That, that, that was that was his in his sovereignty. He allowed that to happen, and that's, that 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 could encompass a lot of things. It could be, I, I could be minimizing something very painful, but it, it was God. If you, it was God who was watching. It was God who allowed it to be taken. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest. This is verse two. Eating the bread of eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. In other, in other part of, of the scriptures, Ecclesiastes 2, um, Solomon, the same author of this, penned these words. I've made great works and built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I, for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all the kinds of fruits I made myself pools from which the, uh, to water the forest of growing trees. I brought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions and herds and flocks and more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and treasure of, of, of kings and provinces I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the, of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. All my wisdom remain, remained with me. That was God's grace. And whatever my eyes desired, I will not keep from them. I kept my heart from, from no pleasure, for my heart Found pleasure in um, for my for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was a reward for my toil. Isn't that what everybody wants? Isn't that what we? I, I I ask my students, what do you want to be? They just want to be rich. They don't. They, all of this is what we. What you ask every college student today, this is what they want. They want. They don't want. Well, they don't want flocks. They want cars. They want mansions. They want everything else. Pretty much here applies. Then I considered all that my hands have done, and the toil that I had exp- expended in doing it. And behold, it was all vanity. All of that was for nothing. So. It is in vain that you rise up and go to bed uh, and go to go late to rest. It is in vain. Eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved sleep. This is a this is a, a predisposition of the simple heart. We we fail to acknowledge God. He 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 was building all this what for himself. And none of this was God acknowledged. And he said that this, this was all in vain. Everything he acquired was rubbish. We work and toil and become prideful and greedy, and it is all vanity. It has no eternal value. And, and that's really what we're here for. It is all for God. 
Whatever we endeavor to do, we, we have to do it for the glory of God. So how, how does he give us sleep, by the way? Well, he tells us in, in, in Luke 12. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious for, about your life, what you will eat, nor your body, what you'll put on, for life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, and they have neither a storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Or how much more value are you, of much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arranged like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass, which is, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow it is thrown in the oven, how much more will he clothe you? This is how he gives us rest. He reminds us that he provides that it all comes from him. Now, I, I will address some of your questions right now. Somebody's thinking right now, well, so then we don't work. We just put our feet up and we'll just come. That, that's not what God tells us to do. But he does tell us not to fret over these things. He, he, does, he is telling us, don't, don't toil over the things of this world. It, it's all going to be burned up. It, it, work for my glory. It is not... It is not that he doesn't want, he wants us to, to, to just put our feet up and let, don't do anything. But it is in vain that we do rise up early in the morning and go late to rest. It is in vain that we toil over these things, the anxious toil. I don't know about you, but I think about those, that word, anxious toil, as I get up in the morning and, and go to work. And it, it burns. It, it, so much toiling because we don't do things as we ought. And, 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 and think about that. Think about how much we have in this, how much God gives us, and, and yet we are dissatisfied. We toil because we want, we want a pool in our backyard. We're not satisfied with, you know, with, with what we have. We, we want a bigger pool than our neighbor. We want a better car than the one that we have right now. Yeah, we, 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 have, we, have, we have shoes, but we want those shoes. The latest shoes. Might, might have a wrinkle. We, we, we toil over these things, and, it's, and it's, all, it's all vanity. Instead, seek the kingdom of, let me, this is, for all the nations of the world seek after those things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and the things and these things will be added to you. That's that's a recipe, by the way. Seek his kingdom, and those things, those things will be added. Um, he gives us sleep by taking away that anxiety. He takes away, he takes away that 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 those things that don't let us close our eyes at night, because we know we, we know that if we rest on him. Uh, he, he, it will come. It will be provided. No, and by the way, not. Let me rephrase that. What we need, 
what we need will come. Now that we know the Lord is sovereign over all things, now what, what do we do? What do, we do right? he, he's, he, he builds a house. He, 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 create, he, uh, he does that. He watches over it. And uh, he's telling me to rest in him. Okay? Uh, so what do we do? We rest physically. Rest. And it is in vain that you rise up early in the morning and, and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious soul, for he gives his beloved sleep. The Lord gives and takes. When we rely on, when we, when we rely on our overtime or on our raise, on our strength, our, our health, our youth, connections, reputation, wisdom, when we try to acquire wealth um, to be our fortress, to guard us from, from uh, anything that could happen to us, in the future, when we try to plan for everything that we could possibly encounter in life and, and, and forget that God is, is sovereign, um, we're creating idols. That's what we're doing. And, and, and we, we become... We become um, uh, idolers, idolaters. Excuse me. We we become idolaters. We we work for these things, and he's telling you rest physically. Don't don't work for your uh, the, the, for, for your for, for those things. Don't work for on your for, for uh, your reputation. Your 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 four one k. Let me, let me let me stay on track here so I don't speak out of turn. We, we run to, and seek protect and seek for protection from these things that we have we have we're following. And again, it's it's not that we not we shouldn't work. Is what are we pursuing? What exactly are we pursuing? If you're pursuing those things, if you're pursuing a four one k, if you're pursuing a boat, if you're pursuing a house, if you're pursuing any material things, a family, whatever it is. Ahead of, in front of God, He's telling you to stop it and rest. Don't, don't, don't lose sleep over these things. In Proverbs eighteen, a rich man's wealth is his strong city, and like his, and like a high wall is his imagination. We think that our wealth is going to protect us. It's, it's not. If you're relying on your four one k and your pension to retire and all that stuff. Rest in God, and He will, He will provide. The rich fool in, in Luke twelve, and He said, I, "I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store my all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry." This is what the rich fool says. And God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. We're fools if we think those things are going to be of any value. If we're building these things Apart from the Lord, so so again here we, I'm addressing it now. So we, we shouldn't work hard. We, we should we shouldn't acquire anything. Uh, no, in Proverbs, is, if you read Proverbs, it's very clear that the lazy person gets what's coming to him. The lazy person starves pretty much in almost every proverb. So the, the, yeah, the lazy guy ends up dying. Whoever works his his, his land will have plenty of bread. 
But he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Proverbs 10, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. The diligent. So guys, rest, physically, rest. Don't, don't stay up at night thinking about how you're going to make that extra buck. Do you, is, it, is it for the glory of God? Is, is it, or is it for your personal pursuits of, of worldly things? Second, we, we rest mentally. Now that we know that God is sovereign, we, we, we mentally, it is, it is very um, liberating. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but it is God who gives growth. That's great. I, it's God that was sovereign over my kids. I, I do what I have to do. I'll feed them and I'll, I'll teach them. But at the end of the day, it's, it's God. I don't have to stay up at night thinking about who my kid is going to be. Am, am I doing this right or wrong? God is sovereign. I, I don't have to worry every second of the day. It is liberating and comforting to know that God is in control of all things. That God, that uh, good things, uh, that's good to know from many things uh, that we've read about. Again, our work. God gave you that job. If he wanted to take it from you, he'll take it from you. And it's, I know it hurts. You might have to eat some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a couple of weeks. But, but it, he gives and takes. And that's comforting, knowing that it is God who is sovereign over those things. Your health, work out. Go to the gym, do walks, do whatever you have to do, but it is God who is sovereign. It's, we don't know what tomorrow brings. So we rest mentally. And in Philippians 4, the Lord is at hand. Be anxious uh, do, do not be anxious about anything, but in, every, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. He will guard our hearts and minds, and we, will, we can rest mentally. We, we can just, you know what, I, this is all God's. I, it's almost like a, a, I just, you know, I, I, I have nothing, there's nothing you can do. We, we, uh, I think I have it here somewhere. We can't even add a... Um, we, I, did, I think I read it already. Let's, I think I read it. Yeah, I did, I did read it already. Um, <laughs> uh, here, uh, if, if you cannot add a, a single hour or, or, or... We can't do anything. So why, why fret about it? Um, don't be anxious. Why? The Lord is at hand. God is in control. And, and third, spiritually, we rest. Knowing that God is sovereign allows me to lay down my yoke. I don't have to carry the weight of my sins. Jesus gives our souls rest. The burden of trying to fulfill the law perfectly is an impossible burden. And this is, this is how this I'm going, to, I'm going to connect this to the gospel. Uh, and again, by the way, what I just read here was, was Matthew 11. Come, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Those of us who trust in God and know He is sovereign, look at this, and and we know that when we're when we're heavy laden, when we when we're carrying all these things in our in in our hearts, we know that we can come to Jesus and and just lay it lay it down, And, and and He gives us His yoke. So how do we respond? How does all this? Uh, what, what do we do? I mean, oh, yeah, rest mentally, spiritually, physically, easy, easier said than done. Uh, joy. In Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, the Lord is at hand. This will bring joy to your life. This, these are the things that we can, will be added to our lives that will allow us to achieve, get, get this rest that we, that we are called to have. God is good. Uh, he's at hand. Whatever he, he does is for his glory. And that is good. Even if it kills us, it's good. James 1.2, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials in various kinds. It's all joy. Be a joyful Christian, knowing that he gives us rest. He is sovereign. And, and, and Rick read it earlier. And we know that all, for all who love, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. What else? This, this brings about humility in us. To know that God is sovereign, um, it really humbles you. It, it, when you surrender to God's sovereignty, your pride diminishes. When you realize I am not in control here, when you when you completely relinquish all your your by the way there, there was something you had. You, there's not like oh you had the wheel and and you gave it to no you had no wheel. You're like that kid in the in the shopping cart in, in Shoprite. You you're not doing anything. Sorry kids, you're not driving the thing. <laughs> That's why you never go to the candy aisles. <laughs> okay, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Okay, that's and, and the way you, 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 by the way, the way you talk changes, the way you think changes, and, and the way you talk changes. Um, in James four, one of my one of my favorite passages, I think if I have ever given the permission to speak again, I think it'll be on this one. But come now, you who say tomorrow and uh, today and tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. That's how we talk. Oh, next year, you know what? Next year I'm going to do this. Uh, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. How humbling is that? If I could cry right now, I would. I, we, we, I'm, I'm, I'm 40 something years old. My kids are going to have their own. It goes by like this. And we're here, we make plans as if we control anything. Instead, you ought to say this is what we ought to say when we know that God is sovereign. If the Lord wills, we will leave. We will live and do this or that. When when we know that God is sovereign, this is how we should talk. God God wills it. God willing, I'll see you. 
And and this is the part that, that you know, if, if you don't believe in you, if, if you're sitting here, I, I'm going to address some of this, but if you're sitting here and you're, you're doubting all this, um, this, is, this is a scary part. As, as, it, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. When we talk like that, we, we, we're, we're sinning. Leaving God out of our plans. When we think that we can make, oh yeah, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to do this and this and that next year and so on, and leave God out of it, as if we have anything to say about our lives, we, we, we're evil. And we have to repent of that. But, and we, we're, so very often we, we're, we don't see it until God brings us, humbles us. And we think that we can do this and that, whatever. And then you, get, you, know, you go to the doctor thinking there's a regular checkup. Or you think it's a cold. Or you, you think it's just a regular work day. And it, it isn't. So we, we don't talk like that. We put God first. And, and this is a, um, quickly a story of, of Nebuchadnezzar. That, because that's, that's, a, it's a, that's, that's who, how we talk. We talk like King Nebuchadnezzar. If you don't know the story of King Nebuchadnezzar, I, I'm going to... Ruin it for you right now, but please go to the scriptures, read Daniel 4, 2, 3, and 4, and, and read about who King Nebuchadnezzar is and how God had to humble him. King Nebuchadnezzar had a, had a, a dream, and you know, he got some interpreters. Nobody, nobody was afraid to interpret it. Uh, Daniel, Prophet Daniel, comes and says, uh, That dream, that's about you, and God is going to humble you. And that scared him for a little bit. And he was humble for a year. And then one day he goes out. By the way, King, king Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon. A great empire. I mean, a huge... Uh, I'm not going to do a history lesson here, but... He, he, was, he, had, he, he was pretty well off too, like Solomon. He, he had some good stuff going for him. And he goes out into the balcony. And he looks out of his kingdom and he says, Look what I have done. Look what I have created. And before those words were out of his mouth, God took his mind. And he ate grass like an animal. Because that's who we are, apart from God. For, for seven years, he walked around like a crazy man with his long hair and long nails, eating grass. A king eating grass. Like, a herd, like the, herd in the, field, the herds in the field. Because that's who we are, apart from God. We're, we're just animals. And God had the mercy to, and the grace to restore him his faculties. And when, he, when that happened, you know how he talked? And before, every, before that, everything was, look what I have done, I, I, I. Like, just, like, just like Solomon. And then after that, read it. Please go home and read it. It is God, 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 God. That's what... Knowing God is knowing God's sovereignty. Hopefully, you don't ever see the way the way Nebuchadnezzar did, but knowing God's sovereignty—that's what it does to us. It humbles you, and it, and it changes how you think and how you talk, and how you treat how you treat everything. Gratitude—that's another thing that brings about God's sovereignty. And whatever we do in word or deed, 
This is Colossians 3. Do everything in the name of the Lord, uh, Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And it, it, the Bible is very clear about thanksgiving, which actually, that's when I thought I was going to give this sermon. I thought I was going to give this sermon thanksgiving. I, I didn't know I had four hours to prepare. I thought I was going to have, have a whole month. <laughs> Philippians 4, again, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. The Bible is very clear. When you acknowledge who God is, there is, there is gratitude. There is thanksgiving. In everything you give thanks even those things that we don't understand at the time, you might grow. You might uh, time may pass, and you can look back and say, "Thank you, God, for that. That was painful. That was awfully painful. That was terrible at the time. But I didn't, I didn't see where you were going with this. But now I see, and thank you, because it has molded me into the person I am today. It may not come right away, but there is definitely gratitude, knowing that God is sovereign. Peace." There is peace that comes with knowing that, God surpass, the, 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 knowing that God is sovereign. A peace that surpasses all understanding. I think I read that verse in Philippians for like 20 times. It surpasses all understanding. How can, you, how can you be like that when you just... God is sovereign. God is on the throne. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. This psalm is a picture, by the way. I... I, I of God's sovereignty and our salvation. Unless the Lord builds a house, those who labor, labor in vain. Like we read earlier, God called us. It is God who called you, believer. He predestined us. Before time began, before the beginning, he, he, he knew. He knew you. It is not our works. It, it, is, it is by His grace. So, Unless the Lord builds a house, that, that's He He built you, believer. He you had you did not want God. By His grace, He put His Spirit in you, and you turned to Him. You did not build yourself. You did not save yourself. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman says, "Up in vain." Lord keeps you. You won't lose your salvation. You don't have to worry about. I can't believe I had that thought. I can't believe I said those words. I can't. The Lord will keep you, believer. He works all things for good. And those who, those who he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. He, he will walk, not walk, he will take you through, those, through, through the rest of it. He's not, he's not walking with you. He's, he's, he's carrying you. He will not leave us. He will keep us. And then it is in vain that you rise up early and go, go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious soil, for he gives his beloved sleep. All this is applied when you believe in the gospel. That we are sinners deserving of death. That Jesus lived a sinless life. And that he took on himself the punishment for our sins, past, present, and future. A debt that we could never pay, no matter how much we toiled. No matter how much we toiled, no matter how much we tried to you know, even the scales, they're not. They were, they were uneven from, from birth. And no matter how much we toil, we cannot save ourselves. But he gives us rest in Christ. And by God's grace, we're able to put our faith in Christ rather than our works or, or, or dirty rags. 
And we rest in the work of Christ. We rest in the fact that Jesus has done what we could never. That he paid the debt that we could never pay. That we owed more than we could ever, ever muster up. And Jesus paid that for us. And we rest in that. If you don't know Jesus like that, I I urge you to please, please talk to someone. Um, Talk to me if I still have any... Anything left? <laughs> I can't believe my knees didn't give out. <laughs> but because that, that's, that's, who, that's what the gospel is. The gospel is the good news that, that we are sinners deserving of, of death. That one sin is enough to separate us from the, from the glory of God. And there's, not, not, there's nothing you can do to pay it. There's nothing you can, you can toil all your life trying to be a good person whatever that means. And, and, and you will never be able to pay it. But in Christ, Jesus, the God-man, came here and took on our sins. We're able to rest in that. And, and the toiling is over. It, 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 is, it is He who, who we look at. When we stand in front of God and we come to Him with our works it's like that cat that brings you the dead squirrel. That, that's not th- no, thank you. That that is what that is, that is well, worse than than that is our how God describes our, our our works. It is it is the work of Christ that we 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 rest on, and we and we take on His yoke. Let's pray. Father, Lord, thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for reminding us, Lord, that you are sovereign. And we are, we are but grass that will soon, here today and then gone tomorrow, Lord. Lord, I, I pray, God, that um, we remember your sovereignty always, God, in all things, that we acknowledge your sovereignty, Lord, and your goodness. We pray, God, that um, we are humbled by how... Poor we are, Lord, and, 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 and how powerful you are, Lord. How, that we have joy, God, knowing that you are sovereign and you work all things for good for those who are called according. We're predestined. And Lord, that we are that we have peace, God. Peace knowing that you have taken everything upon yourself. You put everything on your son. That you have taken everything upon yourself, Lord, and that there's nothing for us to do but to rest in it. Father, I pray for those that know you, that hear these words, Lord, that we leave here being gracious, Lord, of what you, who you are. That we leave here lowly, God, lifting you up high. And for those that don't know you, God, that don't. Don't, see, don't know who you are. Don't know who Jesus is. Lord, and what he has done, the gospel. Lord, I pray, God, that you work in their hearts, that you soften their hearts to receive what we, we hear, or heard here today, Lord. Thank you, God, for your goodness in this day, Lord, where we, we celebrate, God, um, what Jesus has done on the Lord's day. In the name of Christ, Lord, I thank you, and I praise you, Lord. Amen.